welcome to season three of the Ease with Food podcast. I'm so happy that you've chosen to join me today. My name is Shannon. I'm a registered nutritionist, nutrition counsellor and eating disorder recovery coach. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let's get on with the show. We have a really special guest. Her name is Tony. She's a dietitian and she loves helping people heal from binge eating and disordered eating in general. Tony, do you want to say hello to everyone? Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm happy to have you. Um, so Tony, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, so uh, my name's Tony. I'm a registered dietitian. And as you said, I work online with people with binge eating, emotional eating and disordered eating. Uh, I have I have five years experience working in the NHS and for the last year I've been doing this work online privately um yeah great love that you've got loads of experience and I'm really happy to have you on I wonder I know you work a lot with binge eating emotional eating and in general like helping people you know have a healthy relationship to food I'm really curious how you got into this work so I know you've worked in the NHS. What led you to this new place of, you know, being the binge eating dietitian? What led you here? Yeah, so throughout my time in the NHS, I I saw binge eating come up a lot, um, whether that was in, uh, I, I mainly work with people with diabetes or learning disabilities and mental health. And within all those specialities, binge eating was kind of a common theme that I saw quite a lot. Um so yeah, people would ask me for like meal plans, a list of foods that they should or shouldn't be eating. Um and I was always kind of pushing the approach of uh, there are no foods you shouldn't or shouldn't be eating. Um and that's when I started to kind of do extra training down the non-diet approach mm-hmm. and focus on helping uh, people heal their relationship with food and um get rid of food rules and like welcome all food oh, sorry uh, welcome all food sorry <laughs> okay yeah that makes sense I feel like it would be such a breath of fresh air if you were someone's dietitian like if they've been referred to you know a dietitian on the NHS maybe because they've you know been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes I can imagine it would feel really lovely and refreshing to go in and have a dietitian be like oh there's no you know, there's no foods you can and can't eat. I feel like that would be a really lovely experience. Yeah, a lot of the time, um, they, yeah, they'd come to me kind of, I've cut out carbohydrates, I've cut out all these sugary foods, I've, I've got rid of them all. Um, but it's having that conversation of how sustainable that that is and uh, maybe having a more balanced approach or a non-diet approach is, is is better and sustainable within those situations Mm, yeah and I guess you know thinking about a more sustainable approach and you know for people with and without health conditions let's say I wonder why having a healthy kind of neutral approach to food what does that do for people's health can you maybe explain like what would happen if someone is depriving themselves um, and what kind of things do you see in your clinic with like deprivation and binge eating? Tell us a bit about this. 
Yeah, so deprivation. Um, I often explain deprivation as it, basically it's a way of restriction. Um, and restriction is often uh, a diet. And when we talk about diet in this sense, we're not talking about just the food that people generally eat, like a, a vegetarian diet. Uh, we're talking about those diets that are marketed um, to um, essentially lose weight. Um, the main focus of a lot of these diets is around weight loss. And often um, those diets, um, I like to explain it as like a swinging pendulum. So uh, you kind of swing one way into like diet land where you're food obsessed, uh, there's a lot of food of anxiety around eating your foods. Um, but when you, you're you no longer in that diet land, you kind of swing the other way um, into that uh, kind of nothing mentality or donut land where um, a lot of the time there's out of control eating and there's kind of numbness around that feeling of eating. And people explain to me that it's kind of like a lack of control um, and they kind of go numb in that process of, of that binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that our listeners, many of them struggle with binge eating and um, not even just binge eating, but like, you know, lack of kind of feeling in tune with their eating and just feeling a little bit, a little bit wild with it. That's what I sometimes call it. And so yeah. really like deprivation really like sets you up most of the time to binge eat or overeat um we're also keeping in mind that like some people do binge eat or feel disconnected from eating for other reasons it's not just restriction um Mm -hmm. but restriction is a big driver of binge eating um yeah yeah Yeah, it's a it's a common it's a common theme that I see in my practice and what I've seen in my previous NHS world, um, that that restriction is is kind of a is a big role. But like you said, there are other factors on why people might binge um, that we need to think about as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's more like, you know, I feel like most people who are binging have some level of restriction. Plus, they might have a bunch of other things going on, you know, um, you know, struggling with a certain emotion or event in their life. But it's almost all tangled up in each other. And I think our role is like nutrition counselors is to like help people untangle those roles. Right. And like kind of um, weave it all out so that it's kind of, oh, I'm, I'm using my hands, but like it's flat on the table and you can kind of go through and be like, OK, this is restriction from XYZ, this is this. And I actually think that like naming the causes and like the roots that are going on, I think it's really helpful. Um, yeah. You feel that too? Yeah, for sure. And I think one thing to remember is that there's different types of restriction as well. So there's with these diets that are, that people go on and they are most of the time physically restriction. You're either not eating enough food for your body to kind of function or thrive, or you're uh, like uh, not eating certain food groups. Um, then there's also kind of that mental restriction where you probably are eating those foods, but you're really telling yourself, 
uh, I shouldn't be eating this or like you really there's a lot of anxiety about what that food's doing to the body uh, or to someone's weight uh, and that is also a, a type of restriction and kind of normalizing food and improving your relationship with with food can really help uh, with that stress and anxiety yeah and you know I think that that's really a good point like the two different types of restriction and I feel like the mental restriction is the one that's in some ways like the one that clings on for the longest you know I work with a lot of people in yeah. my clinic who are like you know I used to we won't name like specific behaviors but you know I used to really struggle with eating and I used to eat very little and now I've went on the other side um but they're like I'm not restricted anymore but like you know they they're still kind of feeling guilty about food and they still have certain food rules um I think this is where it gets all really messy right yeah definitely that mental restriction hangs on for a while and I think even when you're out of recovery when you're even like even months into recovery um you these kind of thoughts still pop up but it's how you action what you do with those thoughts really that is makes the big difference in your recovery definitely and I wonder on that note and I guess I would call you know mental restriction and feeling about out of control I guess I would label that as maybe you know a troubled relationship to food or disordered eating and I guess the bottom line here to do with food is like food rules so I wonder Tony can you tell us like maybe how someone would go about overcoming like food rules that they have that maybe might be causing them to binge eat can you tell us about that yeah so a lot of the time when I talk about food rules people are not really sure what food rules are the food rules are generally something that is that you've kind of maybe picked up throughout life maybe growing up um for me parents within diet culture um or like television uh, shows and things that you might label good bad or maybe unhealthy healthy and a big one at the minute is that clean uh, or junk food those kind of labels uh, I would say is kind of food rule you kind of say to yourself uh, let's say carbohydrates are a big one so carbohydrates are bad Um, I shouldn't be eating them uh, past seven o'clock at night mm-hmm. uh, now that that isn't that isn't a scientific um that isn't a proven kind of recommendation that is something that has diet culture has kind of I want to say forced upon us because it is a big thing isn't it around um carbohydrates so food rules is so that makes you worry about that food and and have a bit of anxiety around eating that food um, and so you set that strict food rule of not eating it past seven o'clock. Um, so in terms of overcoming those food rules, mm-hmm. we really need to let let go of those labels, really. And again, this is, I don't know how you find with your clients, can take a bit of time because as you start doing this work, you realise how, you realise how many um, food, food labelling and food rules you've actually got. Um, like more and more pop up 
Yeah, and I think that's why when you start going down the path of like um, healing your relationship to food, often, you know, my clients will sometimes say, oh my God, I'm I'm even like worse off than I thought I was. They get really like mm-hmm. worried and they're like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm worse off than I even thought. And I think that's yeah. you're raising so much awareness on it and unpacking everything. So just yeah and and yeah with with when you kind of label for foods or have them food rules you're kind of putting food on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and uh you avoid that food but then when you get access to that food uh, or when you give yourself permission to eat it that that can often mean that you have you you have a little bit less control around that food Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes like you said, it makes you a bit more wilder around that food that you're trying to avoid because you you're giving yourself that time to eat it, but uh, you think to yourself, it, I I like to call it the the bucket effect, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because you you literally get to that point and you're like, oh, I've had a bit now, I may as well eat more, and then I won't have any more for the rest of the week. It's that right. kind of mentality. Yeah, it's so true, and um. I'm just going to plug for anyone listening. We have a blog on the website all about food rules. So I'm going to link that blog if you want to read more. So just click on the show notes if you want to read a bit more about food rules and kind of what they are and how to overcome them. Um, so just to plug that <laughs> for anyone that wants. <laughs> um, okay, Tony, I love the way you talk about like being more neutral with food and overcoming like food rules and I know that you've helped loads of people with binge eating. So I just wonder, like, what would you say to someone who's listening to this and they're thinking, oh, like, I get this in theory, but I don't think this is going to work for me because, you know, if I overcame my food rules, it would just kind of give me an excuse to eat everything I wanted. Maybe they feel like a bit of a, you know, a quote unquote food addict they feel like it, they would just go even more out of control. Is that something that your clients are fearful of? And if so, how do you help them navigate that? Yeah, so that is, when we do this work, that is probably the one thing that comes up quite a lot for me. Um, that that they feel like if they give themselves like that unconditional permission to eat, that they'll just pick all those foods that they label bad or junk or they'll just choose them all the time. And we've we've got to we've got to be honest in this situation. That that could happen at, at first. And and I really explain that 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 is kind of a normal process in doing this work. At first you might crave those foods that you have been trying so hard to avoid for years and um we've got to think how how long have you been stuck in this kind of mentality and undoing that mentality is going to take a bit of time as well it's like the non-diet approach is not a quick quick fix like the diets that you have experienced before it's it's going to take a bit of time so at first you might find that you are craving those things but once you kind of neutralize those foods, um, you will find that you'll start craving them and you might start craving those foods that you used to label good and eat very regularly. You, you might start 
craving them a little bit more does does that make sense yeah it does make sense and I'm thinking about um a specific food that I really had to make peace with which was um chardonnay what are they called um like salt and vinegar but like chardonnay vinegar crisps from the co-op just like salt and vinegar yes yeah and I honestly should have had shares in the co-op the amount of salt and vinegar crisps I had to eat when I was you know making peace with them but now I'm at a point where I'm totally cool with them like I just eat them whenever I feel like it but years ago I was like you know I'm the salt and vinegar crisp monster um Mm. but now I don't feel that way so yeah and uh, for me as well crisps were a big thing um they were like my my binge go-to and I I don't even remember the last time I've had a packet of crisps and you you honestly get to that point in your recovery like that you you can't you can have you can have crisps in your cupboard and you're not you're not thinking about them all the time and and I think that's really powerful but it it does take time to get to that point yeah yeah and I mean to be honest I eat crisps every single day now but I remember Mm -hmm. when you know a few years ago when I was at uni my partner we would buy you know a sheer bag of crisps say like two of them and you know he would come home from work or uni or whatever and I'd had them both we would have so many arguments about me like eating his crisps and no had that argument in years um so I guess this is all just to kind of well we're really kind of spilling our truth here Tony but we're mm-hmm. kind of giving people an insight into you know coming from a place of like binge eating being a bit out of control to I guess this more neutral point with food right yeah a bit less yeah food. and I, I think it's really important to remember that food is not just fuel like food has a lot more elements to it there's joy there's fun there's social there's pleasure and there's comfort like food is it's okay to have food for comfort as well so it's it's kind of changing that mindset that uh, you just need food to fuel or just get by the day um there is there's a lot more to get out of food yeah definitely um I'm picking up on a phrase that you used Tony which was unconditional permission to eat can you explain mm-hmm. exactly what that is? And just like, because I know what that term means. We both know, right? But what does that mm-hmm. exactly mean for anyone that's listening? Yeah, so un- unconditional permission to eat is essentially giving your, like allowing yourself to eat any food that you want in that moment um, or in that day uh, and and giving yourself permission with no no judgment, no no guilt, no shame of eating it. It's getting you to listen to your body. Listen, listen. So before you do the unconditional work, we've done a lot of kind of hunger work generally, don't we? We kind of get you to really understand what your body is trying to tell you when it needs food. So you're tuning into your body a little bit more and really thinking about what you want. Um, and you're giving yourself permission to eat that food that you that you want. Is that how would you explain it (laughs) I would explain it like that but I would also note that it's not just for like one day like it's not just like oh I wake up tomorrow and I say okay cool unconditional permission to eat 
it's like what happens after that day what happens you know like do you punish yourself or feel like you failed if you eat a certain food or is there a kind of limit yeah. on how much you could eat or what you eat so I, I see these often like um you know eating intuitively what I eat in a day is on YouTube and things but they're yeah they're almost like uh cheat day binge-esque um so yeah not, yeah like we're not talking about that we're talking about um more like you know long-term like unconditional permission to eat yeah and it's it's linking in with that getting like neutralizing food and um giving yourself permission essentially giving yourself permission to eat what you want at times um and it's tuning into your body as well yeah which is I mean that's like a whole course isn't it like how to tune in yeah to um, so we'll definitely cover that in future episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, yeah, helpful to talk about what that is. And I wonder now, just while we're wrapping up the episode, we have like, let me see, two listener questions. Would it be okay if I ask them to you and you can tell us your answers? Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, number one is, oh, this is a good one. So obviously we've been talking about binge eating, but this person Mm -hmm. has binge eating disorder. So the person says, I have binge eating disorder and it's it's really difficult for me to just stop calling foods bad anymore. How do I go about making peace with food if I have binge eating disorder? So tell us, Tony, like why this person might be struggling so much. What's the difference between like binge eating versus binge eating disorder? And just any thoughts that you you have about this? Yeah, so really good question. So in terms of the difference between binge eating and binge eating disorder, binge eating disorder is uh, a a condition that is fully diagnosed, whereas binge eating eating can be a behaviour that is more linked within the disordered eating space it's not it's not a diagnosed um it's not diagnosed as like binge eating disordered eating it's 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 kind of a behavior that people with disordered eating often have um and then that it can lead to the more intense diagnosis of binge eating disorder if it's more frequent um, and those feelings of guilt and shame are really you really struggle with those feelings. Um, so they're like the two differences. Um, would you repeat the rest of the question? Ah, yes. Um, so mm-hmm. they're basically saying like, you know, I'm not just struggling with binge and I have, you know, a diagnosed eating disorder. Mm-hmm. How do I go about making peace with food? Because it's just really not that easy for me. Um, yeah. Keep yeah. in mind that we don't think it's ever easy peasy you know like we're talking about a very easy breezy right now but it's tough work like even if you're not someone who binge eats you maybe just have never kind of come across these ideas before like it's still really tough work um so keeping this in mind right like it's never easy no it it takes time like we've said it's it's not an easy process so in terms of binge eating disorder and, and getting support with making peace with food, um, it, it 
it, it will take a bit of time because um, without knowing the background um, of, of this person, there might, there might be some stuff that's gone on in their life that might have contributed to them leading to this diagnosis. Um, so there's, like we said before, there's many things that might, in, uh, might lead you to binge eating that's not linked with food. So there's, um, there's like trauma, um, like childhood growing up, um, exposure to diet culture, as a child um yeah there's a lot there could be lots going on mm-hmm. um and for this person it might take that little bit longer to kind of heal that relationship with food initially i would really work with this person in kind of looking at their their diet mentality and making sure that they are doing what they can to minimize that diet culture exposure because you might like in terms of diet culture we're never going to get rid of it it's always going to be there so mm-hmm. it's how we how we deal with it always being there and how can we minimize it um so i might do a bit of work around that as well as making sure that this person is eating enough food initially i think it's really hard to um, improve your relationship with food if you're not eating enough um so we we want to be eating regularly and want to be eating uh, enough food at meal times uh, mm-hmm. before we can even do this work uh, because otherwise it's going to be really difficult if you're in a hungry state or if you are in your body's in a stress state because you're not eating enough food kind of normalizing food is going to take a bit it's going to be really difficult so we need to do that work first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely and also a big part of the work would also be for me like helping people develop you know more coping skills because binge eating is um it's it has a purpose right in this person's Mm -hmm. life so you know making peace with food sounds really lovely but actually eating is like it's doing something for this person so you know this is where the kind of you know nutrition counseling counseling-esque stuff comes into the into the picture um so yeah yeah and I think I think talking on that um like a a lot of our work we're building like that and coping strategies aren't we and we uh, we people I always talk about it as like a self-care but self-care has got kind of a distorted look hasn't it it's people think self-care is bubble baths and walk nice walks in nice parks but often self-care can be eating enough food or having breakfast every day um or drinking enough water or getting some uh contact with someone ringing someone these are all types of self-care and coping strategies as well yeah exactly exactly all right well let me make sure we've answered the question here tony (laughs) Um, all right so yeah I mean so basically they're up they're saying I've got binging disorder um how do I make peace with food what do I do okay I feel like we've kind of answered this um and I guess in summary it would be developing your coping skills because binge eating is doing something for you eating enough eating regularly anything else you want to add like anything that feels really important to you 
Um, no, I think a lot of the time it's that kind of eating regularly and eating enough is a really good place to start. I agree. I definitely agree. I think one-to-one help would really, well, I mean, hopefully if you have an eating disorder, you've got one-to-one support that's, you know, essential. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's happened for you. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the second one. Okay. We've kind of covered this one. But they've said, you know, I've tried intuitive eating in the past, but I ended up just eating everything I could get my hands on. What would you say mm-hmm. to that? Yeah, so we we did cover this a little bit. So I would just help you realize that that it like at first in this work that is a normal that it, that is a normal thing to experience that more craving for those foods and you you might feel that you're eating those foods that you've labeled bad for all these times a lot um and what I what I generally recommend is working on one food at a time because it can be really difficult to just give yourself full permission to eat everything that we kind of want to make it a bit more realistic and what what I do with my clients is is kind of get them to write down as many food rules as they can, which again can be quite overwhelming at start. But then also I want them to think about what would be the easiest thing to break first. So um, what would be the easiest thing for them to give like a safe food, eat that more, like regularly, um, and how and and if that's easier, we'll start with that, mm-hmm. and then kind of reflecting on how they're feeling, um, and until that food is there's no anxiety or no worry about that food uh then move on to kind of that next um food until you build up confidence and by the time you get to them foods that you're really worried about and there's a lot of anxiety around um you've kind of built up a bit of momentum in tackling these rules and you've also got that confidence in doing it as well so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't if, if you've tried it before and you've just given yourself that full permission to eat everything that is probably what what what's happened you need to kind of step back and work on one kind of food rule at a time yeah and also you know I meet a lot of people who feel this way who have just dived straight into like you know they've maybe read online about unconditional permission to eat and like you know the Instagram sense which is like yeah you can have as many donuts as you want kind of vibe which in some ways is helpful because it's completely you know opposite to like diet culture but in other ways it's kind of confusing right because we know that there's a lot of work that's gone on before that like you know building satisfying meals connecting to yourself um being able to cope with emotions like we know there's loads before that so I think I would recommend like you know while you're making peace with food like Tony was explaining I would also be working on like other aspects like you know maybe things to do with your mental health or relationships or coping skills like it's a kind of mm-hmm. all-round thing rather than just like I write down my food rules and then I break them it's it's in a bigger picture thing right yeah for sure this is kind of what you are doing in the background along with a lot of a lot you could be doing so much but if you work with someone one-to-one like that can help you kind of do 
do more smaller goals but a few in a few different areas at the same time then that will be really helpful yeah you know having a professional like they'll guide you and they'll hold you and it won't just be like write down the rules like without any guidance or support it'll be kind of incorporating everything that you need to do this work um yeah which I think is just really cool like I wish I had something like the support we offer when I was younger I think that would have been I think that would have been amazing but I don't know yeah I don't know if it existed then no I don't think I I think it's it's great that it's a bit more out there now we're we're getting we're getting out there (laughs) definitely because I had a you know when I was younger I had um I won't name their job but uh, this person who you know they were supporting me in my recovery and it was just I look back and I think oh my gosh what was going on it was so random and like it didn't even make sense so I'm really Mm. people now have people like us yeah the non-diet space is definite we're we're shouting more about it um we're but there's a lot of more shouting we need to do definitely so Tony tell us where people can go so that they can get to know you more where they can maybe um yeah where they can get to know you more do you have like a a website an Instagram or something yeah so I'm mainly on Instagram as at the dot binge dot dietitian or my website is the binge dietitian.com and yeah I've got a freebie um all about um improving your relationship around food uh, if you struggle with binge eating so yeah perfect I'll link Tony's Instagram and website for everyone listening um Tony what are your final takeaway thoughts for today before we sign off um I think the main main things that popped up for me in this uh podcast like just speaking I think just remembering that this work takes time Mm -hmm. um and often it 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 can often it helps to have someone alongside you like um a non-diet dietitian a nutritionist or anyone in that non-diet space um just to kind of give you a bit of guidance around it I think that's really important yeah definitely I totally agree um yeah well thank you for coming on I'm sure we'll have you again one day in the future Mm -hmm. Um, thanks so much for having me (laughs) right I'll see everyone next week bye bye